I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What is happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to the Week 10 Matchups Pod. No, don't go adjusting your audio. This is not Murph with a slightly different voice. Uh, this is Rich from the Dynasty Pod, uh, covering for Murph this week. Um, so for the, those of you who don't know, I'm Rich. Uh, I host the Five Yard Dynasty Pod with Liam on a Wednesday. Um, we are uh, basically going to run you through the Week 10 slate of games. Uh, but before we get that, just keen to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in the world's men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, you can get 20% off and free international shipping with the code of 5YARD. Um, also, don't forget the DFS guys announced it yesterday, but we have got another exciting free roll with the guys over at Fantine. You can uh, you can go on enter for free. I think it's up to four entries you can have. Uh, there's up to three hundred pounds in uh, in prizes with hundred pounds going to the first place. Um, so yeah, last night's Thursday night game. What, what a crazy game! Um, I think yeah, but not what I was expecting to be honest. I was expecting the Ravens to walk it, but maybe we're seeing kind of the Ravens with the the ill effects of essentially playing five quarters on Sunday, you know, four days rest after playing an overtime game against the Vikings um, was, was always going to be tough. Um, but 
credit to the Dolphins. I think they had a, a fantastic defensive game plan. I think, you know, blitzing Lamar is high risk, high reward. He struggles against the blitz, but he can escape and absolutely tear you apart. But I thought the Dolphins did a fantastic job of getting pressure, blitzing, but keeping him in the pocket. I do think it's, it's you know, it's a very interesting game. I wonder what happens if, if Sammy Watkins has a slightly different game. I, I still can't quite understand what happened on that, that touchdown, what well, non-touchdown gap, should we say, in the first first half. Yeah, to, to just watch the ball coming in and then just not not put any effort in was, was very strange. And they obviously had the fumble as well. So, you know, that's a nine-point swing, potentially, just on, on those two plays from him alone. Um, and then I guess the biggest question mark is what the hell was going on with the... Uh, the Dolphins quarterback situation. That was pretty crazy that two is not, not fit enough to start, but then Brissett gets cleared to come back in the game and, and then they go with two is still. It's I'm, I'm not quite sure why that happened, what happened, but uh, but let's roll on. Um, so we're going to dive into the matchups for this week. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I will be using my rankings, which you can find up on the website or over at Fancy Pros. Uh, like Murph, I'm interested in the, uh, the ECR contest couple of kind of different things I'll do this week. So I use kind of Vegas betting lines quite heavily within my rankings. So I'll tell you about the over-under and the betting line because uh, I think, you know, I, I can try and predict what I think the game's going to be. But let's be honest, Vegas knows a hell of a lot better than I do. Uh, and then also something else I'll be using is the um, adjusted fantasy points allowed metric. Um, so that's basically a first place team means it's a really tough matchup for that given position. Um, and then a 30 seconds means it's a, a fantastic matchup. So the uh, Sunday slate, so let's start with the Titans and Saints. Um, so it's an over-under of 44.5 with the Titans two and a half points favourite. It's a very interesting game because I think that it's a must-win for the Saints, obviously coming off that, that tough loss to the Falcons if they're wanting to stay in playoff contention. And I think the Titans, you know, they're being talked about as the power of the AFC. Can they maintain it and stay at the top? It, it'll be really interesting, I think. Potentially Saints could see a little bit more Taysom Hill, but I'm very much looking forward to watching this game. Um, so QB perspective. So Brian Tannehill, I've got as QB 15 on the week. Uh, I think he's a solid QB 2 in one QB leagues. I'm probably trying to get away from him. Uh, but in Superflex leagues, you, you know, you're, you're probably going to end up starting him. Um, the Saints guys, they're fairly low ranks because I just don't know. You know, I think Trevor Simeon's going to start, but I do think we see more Taysom. I think we see certainly... A couple of packages of play. So I've got Trevor Simeon at QB26 and Taysom Hill at QB29. Uh, from a running back perspective, I guess the big question mark is what's going on with Alvin Kamara? Um, certainly rumours last night were that he might not play. Um, I think if that happens, it would obviously be a huge loss. Um, currently, I've got him penciled in as the RB6. Um, I think look, if, if he's playing, you've got to start him. You can't get away from that. Um, I've got Melvin Ingram as, uh, Mark Ingram, sorry, as RB33. Um, and I think if Kamara's out, he probably walks in around sort of RB15. I've not properly dived into that, but that'll probably be whereabouts where he ends up. Um, from the Titan side, I think the fact it's a three-headed monster basically takes all three out of kind of starting calibre um, from a fantasy perspective, I think. You've got Jerry Mickles, for me, he's an RB31, so potential flex play. Um, and then you've got Adrian Peterson's, Peterson's RB34 and Dante Foreman's RB45. So I think if I can, I'm trying to avoid all three. From a wide receiver perspective, I think this is a fantastic matchup for, for both sets of receivers. So Tennessee's 31st in adjusted fantasy points to wide receiver position, and New Orleans is 30th. So if you can get a receiver in this game, I think it's a great place to start. Um, 
AJ Brown's, uh, you know, he's a stud, but he's an absolute must start in this format. Um, so he's watched the rate for me on the week. I'm potentially looking at moving that up a little bit um, just because of the matchup. Uh, so PFF have got him projected with over 50% of his routes against Pausen Adebo. And that's apparently the, the, the single biggest discrepancy in terms of wide receiver quarterback matchup. So they see this as the the kind of best wide receiver matchup in, in the week. So I do think, if, you know, maybe AJ Brown's look at in those DFS lineups and obviously you're starting him wherever you can. Julio Jones, so he's wide receiver 34. Um, if he's fit, I quite like him. But, you know, who knows at the moment with Julio whether he's going to be fit. I know there was some talk last night that he pulled up lame at the end of practice. So uh, so the Friday practice schedule will be will be vitally important. Um, the New Orleans guys, look, you can't feel comfortable starting them, but they've got a great matchup and they're both kind of a deep dart touchdown away from uh, from a great week. So I've got Marcus Callaway at 43 and I've got Deontay Harris at 47. Moving on to, uh, let's say, the worst game of the week. So, uh, so as a Jets fan, so this is the Bills-Jets. Um, so like, I'm really scared of this one. I think as a Jets fan, I'm, I'm petrified that the Bills are going to come and be looking for a, a big rebound. So I've got, uh, so this is a 47.5 point over-under and the Bills are favoured by almost two touchdowns, so 12.5 points. Um I won't go through the individual adjusted fancy points allowed matchups. Just know that the Bills are a tough matchup for every position and the Jets are a cake matchup for every position. Um, Quarterback-wise, let's keep this quick. You're starting Josh Allen. He's QB1 on the week. You're starting him everywhere you got him. Mike White, he's my QB28. I'm not touching him unless it's pure desperation. Um, Running back-wise... Um, so as I said, it's a really tough matchup for the Jets. So I've got Michael Carter at RB25. Um, yes, he could see some passing volume. Yes, he could see some um, kind of late game garbage time potential, but hard to feel comfortable starting him. Uh, and then Ty Johnson, I've got as the RB43. Um, from the Bills perspective, I think this is a really nice, sneaky start. So Devin Singletary. I'm not the biggest fan. Those of you who listen to the Dynasty Pod will know um, I'm not his uh, his biggest believer. But when he's the only guy in the backfield, you kind of got to believe in him. Um, so he's my RB16 on the week. Um, I think that look, the Jets can't cover any running back in terms of passing game out the, out the backfield. Um, and I think he's going to see some decent volume. So I think if you've got Singletary, he's a really nice, solid RB2 this week. Um, wide receiver-wise, look, Stephon Diggs, you've got to start. He's my wide receiver five. Um, I also think Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley are in that sort of wide receiver two flex play. So I've got Manny Sanders, is wide receiver 25, and I've got Cole Beasley at wide receiver 27. The Jets guys, I, I just really don't feel comfortable starting them. Yes, I know Elijah Moore's coming off a huge week, but I've got Elijah Moore at wide receiver 45. And Corey Davis at wide receiver 46. Moving on to the next game. So we've got the Steelers and the Lions. Uh, so the over-under is relatively low. It's only 42 and a half, um, with the Steelers being eight and a half points favourite. This should be another easy win for the Steelers, shouldn't they? Um, you know, they're, they're keeping afloat in the AFC. I think everybody wants to write them off, but they're actually just, just hanging around despite the corpse of Big Ben at quarterback. I do wonder if... This could be another kitchen sink game for the Lions. So um, we saw him a couple of weeks ago with the onside kick and the fake punt and going for a fourth down. I do wonder if it could be that sort of game for the Lions to try and get that win. So from a fancy place perspective, so at the quarterback position, look, Big Ben, decent matchup, but he's only my QB 17. Um, I do worry that 
whilst it's a, you know a decent matchup, my concern is that the Steelers get ahead and then basically just run the game to kill the clock. Um, Jared Goff again, look, he's a garbage time play. You're you're praying for some, you know, Steelers get up and he's having to throw the ball around to try and catch up. But he's my quarterback twenty five. Um, from a running back perspective, um, so Detroit is the thirty first in adjusted fantasy points allowed whilst the Steelers are the first. So basically, it's an incredible matchup for Najee Harris. He is my RB3. I think that, look, in a game where they're favoured heavily and you're expecting the Steelers to go up, we've seen that they're not worried about giving him usage. I think he's going he's gonna to be involved to get in the lead, and then I really think he's basically going to be handed the ball and told to kill the clock. Um, on the other side of the ball, you've got DeAndre Swift. Yes, Jamal Williams is out. He should see large volume, but it is an incredibly tough matchup. Um, you've just got to hope that he sees enough passing usage that he could potentially be relevant there. Wide receiver-wise, so Deontay Johnson, I've got wide receiver nine. Look, the guy's a stud. Those of you uh, who listen to me or read anything I've, I write, um, I absolutely love Deontay Johnson. I think he's incredible. So you're starting him wherever. The interesting one is that I'm not expecting Chase Claypool to play. He's not practiced yet. Um, so I've ranked it as if Chase Claypool isn't playing on Sunday. Um, so for me, that means that James Washington could be in that sneaky flex play potential. He's my wide receiver 36. Um, I think he's a really decent receiver. If he's going to be the wide receiver two for the Steelers, I think he's a, you know, a decent sort of wide receiver three flex. The Lions receivers, uh, again, I keep saying it, but you're hoping for a desperation garbage time touchdown. I've got Khalif Raymond at wide receiver 55. I've got Amrosson Brown at wide receiver 57. Tight end wise, it's a decent tight end matchup. matchup. Um, it's TJ Hawkinson. Look, if he's if he's active, you're starting him. He's tight end six. He's plug and play, isn't he? And then we've got the rookie, Pat Frymuth, who's uh, who's seen a decent amount of volume. Um, and with Claypool out, will probably be that number one kind of big body red zone weapon. So he's actually my tight end 10 on the week. Uh, so the next game is the Colts-Jags. So this is a 47.5 point over under. Um, interestingly, the Colts are actually favoured by 10.5 points, which is, is slightly large, should we say, from, from my perspective. Obviously, the Jags coming off a decent win last week. That being said, I do think that the Colts are going to basically just run all over the Jags and they're not going to be able to stop them. Um, I think we saw last week the Colts finally got that starting five offensive linemen healthy and, and they were a completely different team. Um, just basically did what they wanted and, and Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines just had a field day. Um, so I'm pretty much expecting that to be the case again. Quarterback matchup-wise, so Indianapolis are actually 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed. So it's a fantastic matchup for Trevor Lawrence, but he is battling that injury. Can you trust him? Um, I don't know, but he's quarterback 23 for me in the week. So, yeah, looking at him potentially in in two QB leagues, but I'm not touching him in a one QB league. Um, Carson Wentz, no one, no one likes him, no one wants to admit it, but he's actually having a pretty decent season, um, particularly from a fantasy perspective. Um my concern is that this game script could kind of get away from him if the Colts are just going to run the ball and kind of kill clock. Um, he might not get the volume to to produce it, but I do have my QB9 on the week. Running back side of things, look, the Colts are great up front. The front seven is very good against the run. It's a tough matchup for James Robinson. He is coming back off that heel injury, but they're expecting him to be 100% and play. So I, it's tough because, you know, He's getting the volume. You've got to start him, but I've got him at RB21. Um, so I'm potentially looking at other options if I've got James Robinson for that sort of RB2 spot. 
Um, Jonathan Taylor, I'm, I'm all in on. He's my RB1 on the week. I think that now this offensive line is healthy, I think it's wheels up for him. Um, Naeem Hines, it's, you know, whenever the Colts are favoured, it's never an ideal matchup for him because you're expecting him to be in those more pass-heavy game scripts. Um, so I've got him down at RB32, but, you know, in that flex play potential. Wide receiver-wise, um, look, I've got Pittman as my wide receiver six. This is, I'm penciling T.Y. Hilton as not playing. I think if Hilton does play, then I'll probably drop Pittman down a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you've got Pittman, feel confident starting him. Uh, and then I've got Zach Pascal as kind of the second receiving option for Indianapolis. He's at wide receiver 44, so he's in that kind of deeper flex conversation. From the Jags perspective, it's hard to feel great about any of them, isn't it? Yes, it's a decent matchup, but there could be some garbage time. But I've got Marvin Jones at wide receiver 32. I've got LaVisca Schnorr at wide receiver 48. And I've got Jamal Agnew at wide receiver 54. Um, I do think Jamal Agnew is a little under the radar play here he's been you know he leads the wide receivers over the last three weeks in volume in that jack's offense in terms of volume targets um so i do think he could be a sneaky little one um from a tight end perspective so indianapolis is actually the worst team in the league in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the tight end position so could be a nice little play um in terms of dan arnold you know he's, he's coming in he's being used as that big body wide receiver we see him used out of the slot quite a lot um, so I've actually got him at tight end 14. I think he could then to, you know, you could, you could feel comfortable if you're struggling or streaming a tight end. He's a nice little play there. Um, Colts tight ends, look, Murray Cox, he's tight end 21. He's he's a touchdown hope, isn't he, at first times. Um, the next game, so we're heading over to the Washington Bucks game. So this has got really high over-under, so it's actually 51.5 points. Uh, Bucks favoured by 8.5 points. So they've got the second highest implied team total on the week. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the Bucks coming off a bye against, let's be honest, it's a really in Washington D, isn't it? I think it's going to be a, a bit of a field day for Brady and the Bucks offence. Uh, so I've got Tom Brady. He's my QB4 on the week. I think he's a must-start everywhere you got him. Taylor Heineke. So because of the high over-under, because of the fact that I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, and also because of the fact that the Bucks are basically an incredible run defence, you know, that front seven, no one even bothers trying to run against them. So I've got Taylor Heineke, he's my QB 16, so I think he's, a you know, a, a decent QB 2 this week. Um, running back perspective, look, Leonard Fournette, he's been a nice surprise, but he's basically got that that backfield to himself, so he's my RB 12 on the week, so I feel comfortable starting him, he's going to get some decent usage, the Bucks are going to score, he's going to see some red zone looks. Um, Gio Bernard and Rojo, they're both in the, the 50 range, so I'm not looking at them. Um, Washington backs, it's really hard, isn't it? Because nobody nobody runs the ball against uh, against the backs unless your name's Khalil Herbert. So I've got Antonio Gibson. He's carrying that shin injury. I just kind of wish that they'd shut him down for three weeks and then get healthy, but they won't. So uh, so we've got to keep playing him. But he's an RB20 on the week. And then Jamie McKissick, he's my RB27. Again, he's in that sort of sneaky flex play. I do think that if Curtis Samuel is out, we're going to see him used outside. I think the fact that he can't really run the ball on the Bucks D, I do think that James Kizik could see some decent usage, which is why he's up at my RB27. Um, from a wide receiver perspective, this is great matchups for both guys. Um, so I've got Chris Godwin. He's all the way up at my wide receiver four. And I've got Mike Evans as my wide receiver seven. I'm expecting Antonio Brown doesn't play. And basically, when he doesn't play, I think Godwin and Evans are both wide receiver ones. Um, interestingly, PFF projects Godwin to have over 30 snaps against Landon Collins in the slot. Um, and basically, Landon Collins, 
you know, can't can't hold Chris Godwin's jock at the moment. So I think that Godwin could absolutely have his lunch in that matchup. Maybe Tyler Johnson is a slightly deeper flex play if if both Gronk and AB don't go. Um, from the Washington side, look, you're starting Terry McLaurin. It's not great. I think he's probably an RB wide receiver two this week. I've got him at wide receiver 15. Um, you can't really get away from him, probably what you paid to acquire him um, in terms of draft capital. But yeah, I, I think like, he's, he's, he should be okay. It's a decent over-under, so he should be all right. Tight end-wise, so I'm not expecting, I'm ranking it as if Gronk and Logan Thomas both missed the week. Um, obviously, Logan Thomas coming off that hamstring injury. He did practice Wednesday, Thursday, but then reported some soreness. Um, and I'm not sure what we're going to see about Gronk. So I've got Ricky Seals-Jones penciled in currently as a tight end 13, um, just because I think there's not many passing options in uh, in this Washington offense. He could catch a touchdown, could get some garbage time. Um, and I've also got OJ Howard as the tight end 20. So again, in those two tight end leagues, in those deeper leagues, he could be worth a punt. Um, the next game, so... Sticking with the, the Tom Brady theme, we're going to go with the Pats Browns. Uh, so average over-under, we're at 45.5 uh, with the Pats favoured by 2.5 points. Um, I think this is probably, it's going to sound slightly ridiculous, but this is probably the game I'm most excited to watch this week. Uh, so I think this is two offences that are both built around that prior run game and the play action build off that. We saw the Browns run all over the Bengals last week. We've seen the Pats do it all year. So I, I'm really intrigued to see, you know, two old school offences go head to head and, and how they look, how they come out. Um, quarterback wise, um, so New Orleans, uh, New England is actually second in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. So it's a properly tough matchup for Baker. He's my QB 22. Mac Jones is my QB 20. I, I don't feel great starting either because I do think that um, it's going to be about running the ball in this game. I guess the biggest storyline coming into this is who's going to start at running back for either team. Um, so Nick Chubb, um, Demetric Felton and Cream Hunt all look like they're going to miss. So it's about fire up all the Dionis De- Johnson shares you've got. He's my RB11. I think the Browns want to run the ball. I think he's going to get the usage. We saw it a couple of weeks ago. He can do it. Um, I'm very excited if uh, if I've got any shares of him. Definitely firing it up. Um, and then the Pat side, it's about who's actually going to play. So Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are both currently still in concussion protocol. Um, I've ranked it as if they do both play. So I've got Damian Harris at RB23, Ramondre Stevenson at RB40, and Brandon Bolton at RB41. If one or either of Harris or Stevenson don't clear concussion protocol, then Brandon Bolton probably gets up into that sort of wide receiver two flex play territory. Um, but it's kind of a wait and see particularly on Friday, who's who's going to practice and where we go forwards. Wide receiver-wise, look, Jarvis Landry, he's a you know he's a solid wide receiver three flex play. He's going to see some volume. He's the number one target in this offence now. Yes, he had a disappointing week last week, but I expect him to to kind of bounce back, and I think he's a, he's a decent little play here. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, we saw that, that huge touchdown catch last week, and I think that's basically what you're hoping for every week, isn't it? So I've got him at wide receiver 39. Yeah, I don't feel great starting him, but, you know, he's the kind of guy that his one catch makes his week. Um, the Patriots guys, you know, as I said, I think this is going to be about running the ball, so I'm not particularly high on any of them this week. Um, so I've got Jacoby Myers at wide receiver 40, 
Um, I've got Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver 51. I've got Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver 61. But the, the Browns have got three great corners. Um, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for to start any Patriots wide receiver. Tight end-wise, it's tough with the Browns, isn't it? Because I think there could be some potential with Beckham going to start seeing some increased tight end usage. But which one of the three are you going to trust? Um, I've got Njoku at tight end 19, Hooper at tight end 25. Don't particularly fancy tight end either. Um, it's a pretty tough matchup for Hunter Henry, so I'm probably a little bit lower on him than consensus. So he's at tight end 25, a tight end 15 for me this week. Um, moving on to the game with the highest over under on the week. So this is the Cowboys Falcons. Uh, the Cowboys favoured by eight and a half. So I believe they are the highest implied team total on the weekend. Um, I do think the Cowboys, after being embarrassed last week by the Broncos, are going to bounce back in a big way. And I think this game's going to be an absolute shootout. So yeah, it could be exciting to watch. Quarterback-wise, look, Atlanta's defence is terrible across the board, but particularly uh, from a quarterback perspective. So I've got Dak as my QB3. I think he's uh, in for a massive bounce back. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, decent start. He's he's my QB14. I think just with that that high over-under, we're expecting points. Um, could potentially be some, some kind of catch-up potential from the Falcons as well. Um, from a running back perspective, basically, again, Atlanta's terrible defence, so this could be a great game to start any piece of the, the Dallas running game. I've got Zeke at RB10, uh, so starting with confidence. Uh, and then I've got Tony Pollard is at RB36. So he's he's garnering some flex play potential. Um, I do have Mike Davis one spot ahead of him. Um, but I'll be honest, I, I might drop that down. I'm not sure I feel that confident in Mike Davis, certainly with the way... The, uh, the usage is trending far closer towards Patterson, um, which brings me on to Patterson. So I've got him as my running back eight and my wide receiver eight. Look, if you've got him, you're starting him. He's been an absolute revelation. I think the Falcons have finally worked out how to use him. It's taken the NFL eight years, but but you're starting him. Um, on the wide receiver side, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, their plug-and-play start should bounce back. They're in that sort of wide receiver two range. Um, Michael Gallup, hoping he's back this week. I think if he doesn't come back this week, that's him done for the year. So I'm very much expecting him to play. He's in the sort of wide receiver 42 range. Um, from a Falcons perspective, look, wide receiver wise, I've got Russell Gage at 43, Tajo Sharp at 66, and Olamide Zacchaeus at 67. Now I'm convinced one of these guys is going to have a fantasy relevant game. I wouldn't be shocked if one of these ends up in that sort of wide receiver two range. If you could tell me who it would be, I'd feel much happier. And I think that's the problem is I think one of them is going to have a good game, but I have no idea who it is. Um, nice little tight end matchup as well. So Carl Pitts, he's my tight end five. I just think that he's going to get the volume. My concern is that Dallas could try and take him out of the game and, and we see a lot of kind of shadowing, safety over the top, that kind of thing. Um, but I hope that he's going to see enough volume to be relevant. And then Dalton Schultz, he's a tight end eight for me. Um, so I'm hopeful that he can keep up his great year. Obviously, Blake Jarwin's now on AR for a couple of weeks. So uh, so we should see Dalton Schultz at the, in that sort of 80 to 90% snap rate. Next game, we're heading over to the Cardinals and the Panthers. Um, certainly looked a lot better on paper at the beginning of uh, last week than it did this week. So I think we're probably going to see the PJ Walker versus Colt McCoy game. Um, I see no reasons why the Cardinals are going to rush Kyler back. You know, they've got the lead in the... Uh, in the NFC, they've got the bye week coming up. I think let's just let's just play it easy. Let's let him get healthy and come back after that. 
yeah, maybe, maybe we see a little bit of Cam Newton after he signed, but I think it's, it's probably going to be a, a slightly game to avoid. Um, so I've got Colt McCoy as QB 19. Um, I just think that the Cards are going to win the game, and I think he's got some decent weapons to try and share the ball to. Um, and then I've got PJ Walker as QB 27. So yeah, not not particularly fancying that uh, that start there. Um, from a running back perspective, so Caroline is actually third in adjusted fantasy points allowed, which means it's, it's whilst everybody's talking about James Conner and we're seeing that hype go completely out of control. Um, I do think it's perhaps called the Jets a little bit. I've got him as the RB9, um, just purely based on volume. I think he's going to get, you know, probably 15 to 20 carries. I think he's going to get some receiving usage. And I think he's going to get that red zone opportunity. So he's probably a fringe RB1 this week. Um, CMC, uh, it's not great to to love the matchup. It's not great with the fact that PJ Walker's at QB. But if you've got CMC, you can't not start him. So he's my RB5 on the week. Um, and then you've got the the kind of the, the backup guys, you know, Benjamin, Tuba Hubbard, they're both in the sort of running back 50 range for me. Um, wide receiver wise, um, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm expecting us we don't see DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's gonna be held out the same as Kyler Murray. Uh, so I've got Christian Kirk as the best option in that Arizona offense. Uh, so he's at wide receiver 24. Um, we've got AJ Green coming back off the COVID list. Uh, so he's at wide receiver 38. And then Rondell Moore. Look, the, he, he's got the opportunity to take any touch to the house. He's potentially out injured. He's wide receiver 50. Don't feel particularly great about starting him. Uh, from the Panthers' perspective, Robbie Anderson is, is basically done, isn't he? He's wide receiver 65, which seems slightly ridiculous from where he was at the beginning of the season. Um, and then DJ Moore, he's he's down all the way at wide receiver 22 for me. So I'm hoping that he can get enough volume to rescue his day, but it's hard to feel comfortable with PJ Walker in that quarterback and, and the matchup. Um, from a tight end perspective, Zach Ertz, I think, is a back-end tight end one. So he's around tight end 11 for me. Uh, he's been decent since he got traded, but hard to, to particularly love um, what he's doing in that matchup. And I think it's going to be a fairly low-scoring affair. Um, another high over-under in our next game. So this is the Chargers versus the Vikings. Um, so it's a 53 and a half with the Chargers two and a half points favourite. Um, so it feels like a must win for both teams, doesn't it? This I think the Vikings are they're at three and five and, and they're sort of starting to fall away from that playoff contention. So I think they, they really need to win this. Otherwise, I think they are pretty much done. And, and the Chargers in what's turned out to be a very competitive AFC West with all those teams of five wins. It feels like if they don't win, they're going to start dropping down that pecking order and fall behind the Chiefs and the Raiders and, and the Broncos. So uh, from a quarterback play, look, Justin Herbert's a plug play starter. You don't need to question that. He's at QB7. Um, the Chargers are third in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Um, so it means that Kirk Cousins has got a tough matchup. But for me, the fact it's 53 and a half point over under, there's going to be points. There's going to be high scoring affair. So I've got Kirk Cousins at QB11. So we saw that back end QB1. Um, running back, look, you've got two studs. You've got to start them. Dalvin Cook's my RB2. Austin Eckler's my RB4. I don't really fancy anyone else in this game from a, a running back perspective. I think, look, we've, we've seen the headlines about Dalvin Cook. I'm not going to get into it now, but if he's active, you're playing him. Um, if he, for some reason, gets pulled, then I think Alexander Madison's a top 10 option. But if Dan Cook's playing, I'm, I'm not touching Madison or 
whatever backup it is in in the Chargers backfield, whether it be Josh Kelly or Justin Jackson or, or maybe CNC Larry Roundtree. Um, from a wide receiver perspective, um, I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both kind of solid wide receiver twos. Obviously, Keenan Allen's been on a decent little run and we've seen Mike Williams kind of disappear after that incredible start. But I think, look, you start both with confidence as wide receiver twos. Um, the Chargers, they're actually the first in adjusted fancy points allowed. So, again, really tough matchup for Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson here. The same as you'd expect with Kirk Cousins, as discussed earlier. Um, so, Justin Jefferson, he's more receiver 12. Adam Thielen's more receiver 19. You can't really not start them, but just maybe look at avoiding them from a perhaps DFS perspective. Um, KJ Obson's the only other wide receiver he's in that sort of I think he's wide receiver 59 for me so that you're only looking at him if you're super duper desperate um tight end perspective don't really particularly like either I've got both as kind of that touchdown dependent type Conklin's at tight end 17 and uh Jared Cook's at tight end 18 uh moving into late window games so we've got the Packers versus the Seahawks uh hopefully both quarterbacks coming back so we've got a reasonable over under at 49 and a half with the Packers favoured by three and a half points. So uh, hopefully we get to see Russ versus Rogers. I know Rogers can uh, clear the COVID list on Saturday. So hopefully that's uh, that's all done and we will get to see him and not have to watch Jordan Love again. Um, I think, look, say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. He's a complete idiot for what he's done, but he does like play well when he's pissed off. So I do think that we could see an incredible Aaron Rodgers performance in that sort of FU mode. Um, I think we're also entering potentially must-win territory for the Seahawks. Yes, they're getting Russ back, but they're still in with a playoff shout, but it's it's getting thinner and and uh, they are very much in that must-win territory. So I've got Aaron Rodgers, he's my QB5. Russell Wilson's my QB10, Look, starting both of these guys. Um, from a running back perspective, this is an incredible matchup for Aaron Jones. Uh, also potentially AJ Dillon. So Seattle's 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Um, so yeah, Plug and play Aaron Jones. He's my RB7 on the week. Uh, and then AJ Dillon, he's in that flex place. He's RB28. So could potentially uh, look at starting two backs in that backfield. From a Seattle perspective, um, so Alex Collins is the only guy I'm expecting to play, really. I think Chris Carson, whilst he's been activating and practicing again, I don't think he's going to play. Um, so I've got Alex Collins as my RB20. If it is Chris Carson does go, I think Chris Carson will settle in around that sort of RB15 range. Um, but as I said, I'm expecting Alex Collins to be the guy. Um, from a wide receiver perspective, it's like you start your starts and no one else, isn't it? So Devontae Adams, more wide receiver two. DK Metcalf's wide receiver 14. Tyler Lockett's wide receiver 20. So you start all three of those. I've got no other wide receiver or tight end in this matchup that's even worth kind of mentioning. All the wide receivers are outside the top 65. Um, Gerald Everett's the, the highest ranked tight end at time 23. So, yes, yeah, so, so not touching any of those guys. Um, the Broncos Eagles are up next. So, Broncos, you know, coming off that incredible win, best in the Cowboys. Are we going to see them make a little playoff push now uh, after trading away Von Miller? And, uh, and what about the Eagles? You know, last few weeks, we've seen them completely change that offensive game plan where they've just been pounding the rock. Are we going to see them continue that again? Um, so it will be uh, an interesting one to note. Uh, quarterbacks, look, it's, it's a really tough matchup for Jalen Hurts. So Denver are fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. Um, and it's a mile high. 
but then he gets that rushing volume. So I've got him settled in at sort of QB12, I think. If you've got him, you're probably starting him, but I don't think it's going to be an incredible game. Um, and then you've got Teddy Two Gloves, um, so he's my kind of QB18, so he's in that solid, you know, super flex QB2 starter range. Um, from a running back perspective, look, hopefully the Eagles will keep running the ball, but who knows, really. It's hard to... F- Really, I wanted to get Jordan Howard and Boston Scott kind of a little bit higher than they are, but I just I just can't do it. So I've got Jordan Howard at RB39, Boston Scott at RB44. Uh, I quite like both, but I just couldn't move them any higher, unfortunately. And then the Broncos, I would love to see one back in this offence because I think that they'd be an absolute stud for fantasy. I think if it was one back in this backfield that was going to get 70, 80% of the work, I'd probably have them ranked in my top. 10, maybe even top five. But because it's a, a true split, I've got them at RB22 and RB24, respectively. So I think, look, solid RB2s, but it's it's hard to feel great just because it's it's a properly 50-50 split. And it seems crazy that literally every week you look at their opportunity share on a Monday and it is almost an exact 50-50 split. Um, so wide receiver perspective. So Philly are, are fantastic in terms of Really tough matchup for the wide receivers. So they're the second in adjusted fancy points allowed. So, yeah, perhaps if you can, look at getting away from from Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and maybe even Jerry Judy. Um, I've got Judy wide receiver 30, Cortland Sutton wide receiver 31, Tim Patrick wide receiver 53. Lower than consensus on all of them. Um, I think they're tough to trust this week, but, you know, they could easily each see the volume and, and see a ball. You know, a touchdown and they fly up the boards. Eagles-wise, is Devonta Smith the only option? Could he see increase in volume? We've seen him have a couple of decent weeks, but they're really limited in terms of their uh, their passing game, pass, number of pass attempts across the last two weeks. So he's at wide receiver 27 for me. Quez Watkins is that touchdown hope. He's at wide receiver 57, but don't feel particularly comfortable starting him. Uh, from a tight end perspective, so... It's an awful matchup for Dallas Goddard and, and the Eagles. So Denver are second in adjusted fantasy points allowed, whilst the Eagles can't cover any tight ends. So it's a fantastic matchup for Fan, but is he fully fit? He's obviously just been on the COVID list. You've got Albert O lurking around as well. So I don't feel great about Fan, despite the fact that he's a really good matchup. So he's my tight end 12. Um, and then Dallas Goddard, look, I said it's an awful matchup, but his target volume numbers over the last three weeks have been absolutely insane. He's averaging over 30% target share. Um, if, if you've got Dallas Goddard, you've got to start him. Yes, it's a really tough matchup, but I've got him as my tight end nine. Um, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a decent plug and play start there. Um, so then getting into the, uh, to the island window games. So we've got the Sunday night football. We've got Raiders Chiefs. Uh, so reasonable over under, 51 and a half with the Chiefs two and a half points favourites. A little bit surprised to see the Chiefs favoured over the Raiders. I know, you know, the Raiders have had the best of them over the last couple of years and obviously the Chiefs aren't exactly firing. So uh, so could be an interesting one. Do we see the Chiefs finally uh, kind of bounce back? I'm a long held, you know, I've, I've been saying over the past month or so that I really believe this Chiefs offence is going to get it back. I'm starting to feel like I'm alone in that and I'm starting to feel like maybe I'm just you know cut sticking my head in the sand and not believing that that Mahomes is uh is not the Mahomes of the last few years but I wonder if Mahomes is carrying an injury or something like that but I do think this this Chiefs offense at some point is going to kind of snap back into gear um so fancy plays 
as mentioned, is look, you, if you've got Patrick Mahomes, you're starting him. He's my QB8. It's the lowest I think I've ever ranked him in the last three years. He he could get right at any point and he could put up, you know, 400 yards and four touchdowns. You can't get away from starting him. Derek Carl's QB13. Look, he's, he's been a really solid, reliable quarterback over the last two years from a fantasy perspective. And if you've got him, start him. He is... You know, high in QB2, low in QB1. I think he's a, he's a great play this week. Um, running back-wise, so while CH is, is back practicing, I'm not expecting him to play this week. So I've got Daryl Williams remains in that solid RB2 range. I've got Josh Jacobs. He's not sexy, but the volume he gets, he's in that kind of volume-based RB2 as well. So he's at RB15. Um, and then Kenyon Drake, since John Gruden has left, he's actually started carving out a nice little role. So he's at RB26 for me on the week. Um, wide receiver-wise, look, Vegas are, are really good in terms of not allowing high point scoring to wide receivers. But look, if you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got to start him. Okay? I've, I've contemplated moving him down slightly, but he's still at RB, wide receiver three for me on the week. Outside of that, maybe Michael Harmon, but he's in the sort of wide receiver 50-60 range. Um, from a Vegas standpoint, it's hard to love any of the guys. I think Hunter Renfro's got that safety blanket, got a decent kind of floor in that wide receiver three flex play. Uh, I've got him at wide receiver 29 on the week. The, and the tight end side, well, this, what can you say? It's, it's the big tight end matchup, isn't it? It's Kelsey versus Waller. Um, shockingly, you're starting both. Uh, I've got Kelsey as my time one and Waller as my time two. But if you've got them, you start them. Don't even think about it. Uh, and then Monday Night Football. So we have got the young offensive minds. We have got Shanahan versus McVeigh. Uh, it's reasonable over under at 48 and a half with the Rams three and a half points favoured. Um, I think this is a big bounce back game for the Rams after what we saw last week. And I do wonder if we could see... This is the kind of point at which pressure starts to get lumped on Carl Shanahan. We see in these kind of standalone island games where everybody's eyes are on it. I do wonder if if the Rams win and win comfortably, we're going to start to see calls for Trey Lance. We're going to start to see some questions raised about just how much of a, a genius is Carl Shanahan and, and whether we start to see kind of a, a change in, in how they approach things, turn to Trey Lance and, and see if you can get this offence firing again. Um, so QB side, so look, Matt Stafford, if you've got him, you're starting him. San Francisco's a, a pretty poor in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed. They're 29th. Um, so Stafford is a QB6 for me on the week. Jimmy G, he's a low-end QB2. He's at QB21. I think Trey Lance, I wonder if we see some, you know, first first week of the season, we saw some Trey Lance package plays in the red zone. So, uh, so yeah, he's a QB30 for me. Um Running back wise, it's it's just volume based RB twos, isn't it? It's not great matchups. It's not incredible guys, but Darrell Henderson and Elijah Mitchell, they're both doing it for you. So I've got Henderson at fourteen and Mitchell at nineteen. You don't feel great about it, but just plug play. Don't look at it and, and don't think about anything. Um, the rest of it, I've got look Sony Michelle's at RB forty eight, and I've got all three of the kind of San Francisco guys in the fifty to sixty range. Don't feel comfortable about any of them. They are pure desperation plays. I do wonder if we've got Jeff Wilson now, second second week back. Now, Jeff Wilson is an incredible red zone back. We've seen it over the last few years that Shanahan likes to go to him there. So I do worry, as a guy that's got quite a lot of Elijah Mitchell shares, whether we could see Jeff Wilson start to eat into uh, 
into the red zone usage of uh, Elijah Mitchell. Wide receiver wise, we have uh, we've got uh, of course you start Cooper Cup. I do think that Robert Woods is also a solid wide receiver too at wide receiver twenty one. Um, Van Jefferson is uh, interesting flex play at wide receiver thirty nine. I'm not expecting Aldo Beckham to play this week. Uh, on the San Francisco side, uh, it will be interesting to see who Ramsey matches up with. Will he just stay in the slots or will he follow potentially Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk? Um, I've got Debo Samuel at wide receiver 17 for me. Uh, I've got Brandon Ayuk, looks like he's potentially getting out of the doghouse at wide receiver 3. Uh, so he's at wide receiver 36 for me. From a tight end perspective, I've got George Kittle is back. Uh, so he's tight end 3 for me on the week. He's a plug and play starter. Tyler Higby, I don't feel particularly great about. He's my tight end 16 on the week. And that is it, guys. So thank you very much. Uh, best of luck this week. If you've not, remember to check out the fan team, the FS lineup. Uh, go and get your entry on there. And uh, we will speak to you again next week. a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 